Welcome to Triple Take, the podcast where we talk to interesting people about the book, album, and film that most influenced them. I'm Carla Jean Whitley. I'm Edward Bowser. I'm John Hammetree. And today's guest is Critter Fuqua, one of the founding members of the Old Crow Medicine Show. He'll be in Birmingham with the band on June 24th for a show at Iron City. The band is also part of the Ultimate Southern Music Racket, a project that is going on right now at AL.com. We spoke with Critter over the phone one recent Friday morning, and we're excited to share with you what he had to say. So let's start by just talking about books. Um, What book stands out to you as one that has had a great influence on your life or your work? Oh, geez. I'm such a big reader. There's been so many that it's hard to pick one. I know Um, the feeling. It's tough. I think, um, I don't know, the one that pops to mind is Dune. Yeah. When did you first read it? Um, I read Dune probably five or six years ago, and I'm really into science fiction and fantasy, and it's one of those books that I don't know how I missed it, you know? Uh-huh. I had read Lord of the Rings and all that. Um, yeah, I think Dune. Do you, are you familiar with that novel? I haven't read it. So can you tell me briefly just a synopsis of what takes place? Dune takes place, you know, it's about 10, 12,000 years in the future on a planet um, called Arrakis, and there's there's a, something called the Spice that they're mining there that helps the, mm-hmm. these navigators fold time and space to travel, and it's about, I don't know, it's a, just a big, it's intricate world building, there's new languages, mm-hmm. um, there's themes about... Uh, Ecology and and water preservation and and culture and um, um colonization and it's I don't know it's a huge book. Yeah, it sounds like it. So tell me about what what did you take away from that? How did that affect you? It's just uh, it's really incredible to go into another world that's so carefully constructed and you know everything makes sense in that world. Just it. it to be able to believe it is mm-hmm. pretty pretty monumental. I mean, I think fantasy is really important because it allows us to look at ourselves. We don't have to look at the harsh reality at first. Um, we can see it and then, I don't know, I'm kind of rambling. That's a big question. I think it takes more than a couple minutes, That's you know. Well, and I think from my experience with the fantasy that I have read, you know, so many times there are parallels, you know, thematically to things that we're dealing with in the, quote, real world. Um, But like you're getting at, sometimes entering those ideas from a fantastic sort of view 
makes it a little bit easier to digest or a little bit easier to contemplate things like, you know, environmentalism and these big ideas. Yeah, I mean, we have to have a fantastical view to to be able to digest, like, the, the truth about ourselves and our reality. Yeah. So does that influence the way that you approach your life or your work at all? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, just those uh, ideas, those concepts, um, you know, that's kind of taking people to another place. You know, music certainly has yeah. the power to do that as well. I definitely think so, yeah. I mean, with, with music, whether you're singing about a real historical subject or, or you're making – or it's a, a fictional character or – yeah, I think song is just like that. Yeah. You know, well, and song, song tells our story, and we, we, we need to be told our story. Well, and I know you guys have been in and out of the studio lately. Is that right? Yeah, we've been in and out of the studio lately, yeah. And so what sort of what sort of stories are on your mind as y'all work on new music? Well, the stories on my mind right now are are the stories that are that were uh, this are the stories in the new songs, which I can't tell you about because it's tough. <laughs> okay. So yeah. if you told me you'd have to kill me, that kind of business. No, you would just be removed <laughs> to a safe place. Let's just say. Okay, like maybe the universe of Dune. Yeah, you would be banished <laughs> to Arrakis, you know, with the sandworms. Exactly. <laughs> well, uh, might we have opportunity to hear any of that in your upcoming show? Who knows? That's also mm-hmm. top secret. You'll just have okay. to find out. I suppose we'll just have to show up at Iron City and see what we hear. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fun. Well, thank you. I'm going to hand you off to my uh, colleague, Don, and he's going to talk to you about maybe for a minute. Hi, Critter. Uh, this is How's John Hammontree. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. I'm excited to chat with you a little bit about movies. Uh, I guess to frame it real quick, I know that uh, y'all performed the soundtrack for for Transamerica back in 2005, and I, I believe you were nominated for a couple of Academy Awards for that uh, performance. Um, is that right? You're the first interviewer that's ever brought that up, which is oh, really yeah? cool. I don't think well, anybody remembers us doing that, or me. <laughs> well, but yeah, can you um, tell me what that process is like? I mean, uh, how does is the film shot and completed before you're brought in and do the soundtrack, or do you do it kind of concurrently? I have no idea. All I know is that two songs of ours were put into the movie, and I saw the movie once in a theater. We didn't we were not in the process of that, making that movie. Okay, okay. So you didn't write the song specifically for the no, movie, no, but the movie used the song? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, the, the album had been out for years before they picked those songs, yeah. Got it, got it. Uh, well, did you guys get to go to the Oscars and everything? Back then? No. Yeah, no, okay. <laughs> no. I, okay, we well, that's interesting. We weren't, yeah, we weren't up for a Grammy. I mean, maybe the movie was, but... 
Yeah, we we weren't oh, okay. part of that. Okay, the so movie we, was nominated for Academy Awards. That that's my mistake. Yeah, not not uh, not our songs. Not the songs. Got it. Uh, well, can you tell me a little bit about uh, one of your favorite movies or a movie that really influenced uh, your career? Um, well, I don't know about career, but the, my life. Um, I think the first one that comes to mind, the first, I was probably let's see, five or six. I don't know. I just remember Ghostbusters as yeah. one that pops into my head. Which it's was so huge. good. I mean, it's so good, and it stands up, and it's just so creative, and the best writing and it's an adult film and it's a kid's film and I remember seeing that and like it was just the coolest thing I had ever seen. Scary and Yeah, it's amazing just, how how this movie with Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray can just like be such a scary movie and yet also so funny. Yeah, scary in a in a really like Halloween sort of comforting way. It's not like Threatening, right? It's uh, I don't know. That's I, that's one of the coolest movies I've ever seen. You know, I watch it probably a couple times a year. It's just yeah, and it never gets old. Harold Harold Ramis, the writer, you know. Mhm. Yep. Who just recently passed away? I mean, that guy's so funny. Uh, are you planning to see the? I guess the the remake, um, starring Kristen Wiig and all of them. I'll go see it. I'm a little doubtful because of the trailers, because of the CGI, and I think because there's too many remakes now of of movies that were so original. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think we need a remake of Ghostbusters. I think we need something new and original and funny that's totally unique, like Ghostbusters was when it came out. Right, when it came out, um, it was just, I mean, it hadn't been anything like it, and it spawned a cartoon it. series, it spawned juice boxes, and yeah. it, it was a phenomenon. Yeah, uh, I think, uh, weird, I mean, it makes me feel old, because all these movies that I love are being remade, but like, I don't know, I don't know that there's a lot of really good, unique ideas in Hollywood. I'm not trashing Hollywood. Oh, sure, <laughs> I, I understand. Yeah. Uh have you guys ever uh, performed the Ghostbusters theme at a show before? No, never. Um, okay, that'd be it'd be fun to hear y'all take take a riff on that. Um, I think so. Let's see here. So, when you're on tour, how do you watch how do you watch films usually? Like on the bus or on a, on a phone, on an iPad, on your laptop? Um. I never watch it on devices. I don't want really watch movies. I actually don't watch movies that often, mm-hmm. but we do watch it on the bus. Yeah. Watch movies on the bus, you know, when they come on. Okay. And you said you saw Ghostbusters the first time when you were around four or five, probably? Yeah, let's see. I was born in 78, uh, so Ghostbusters came out in 84, so... Do you remember what it was like seeing it in in the theater? I mean, that's the, you know, I, I guess the movie going culture was was different back then, and so yeah, that that's where you saw movies. You know, it's and they didn't come out on VHS or whatever for a while. So yeah, we went to see it in Cloudcroft, New Mexico, on a family vacation in 1984. 
That is awesome. Okay, well, uh, I'm going to hand you over to my colleague, Edward, who's going to chat with you a little bit about music uh, real quick, but thanks for chatting with me. Okay, yeah, thank you. How you doing? Ever about to hear. How's it going? Doing fine. Doing fine. How are things? I'm doing pretty good. Great. Great to hear. I wanted to chat with you for a few minutes about something we both love, a little bit of music. Um, yeah. Through the probably countless albums I'm sure you've heard over the years, can you pick one that has really helped define you and your sound? Me and my sound, like uh, like as an artist with the band? Correct. Yeah. Um. I don't know that there's an album that can define my sound. I could definitely. The one album that pops out that made me want to be a musician was. Um, I mean, I'm going totally back to the '80s for all this stuff. Like from. I'm an '80s baby. Go ahead. Yeah, Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction. When I was in fifth grade, I mean, when that came out, that was the coolest thing ever and that made me want to play guitar yes and all of us wanted to grab one right we wanted to be flash <laughs> right yes and it's funny because that kind of influence is just what really drives um young artists to become great and successful and i know one artist that you um really has an influence on you has been bob dylan over the years can you speak a little bit about that yeah bob dylan um Probably Bob Dylan has probably been probably the biggest influence other than the stuff I grew up with as a young kid, you know. Ninth, you know, I was in ninth grade when we catch and I started getting into Bob Dylan. I don't know, he's just, uh, you know, I don't even know if he exists or not. He's like some sort of spirit. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know if he lives on this plane. He's just sort of like this, this, this entity that produces like Shakespeare, you know? Yeah, and it's fun for decades. I mean, it's over 50 years of material that have kind of just come out from this kind of timeless artist. What makes his sound so timeless that he's been able to go through generation after generation after generation through the constantly shifting musical climate yet still be relevant? I don't know. I think it's his willingness to reinvent himself, you know? Right. I don't know. It's interesting. You know, I think, uh, you know, when Bob Dylan was kind of the spokesman of the 60s and the, you know, turbulent times and the anti-war and the big civil rights movement and all the upheaval of the the 60s. And I think uh, after that, I think people sort of looked to Bob to be some sort of spokesman for another generation. But I don't know if that worked out. So he just kind of reinvented himself and. After he was established, you know, he could kind of do whatever he wanted, you know. And that's what's great when you get to that level because he had been a spokesman for the war and he was one of the kind of leaders for civil rights through music. And that's something that even in 2016 that many artists are afraid to do. Why why is that? Why, Why the hesitation when that generation was so eager and so ready to speak out? Yeah, that's really interesting because there's like a new civil rights movement going on with like LGBT communities. Mm-hmm. Correct. And like that's a civil rights movement, and I, I'm you know, 
I don't hear anybody singing about it. It's funny. right. Is it? I mean, can any reason why? Like, why aren't we hearing I, anyone talking about it? Well, I think I think people think music now is boxed up in stores, and you can only get it on iPods and iPhones, and it's something on stage and not for people. I think people think that it's not for them. It's just for the people who have made it or people who are, like, professional musicians or on CMT. I don't know. that. I think we've <laughs> forgotten that music is ours, you know? Right. And it tells it's our story. You know? You're correct. Yeah, so I think people, I mean, it's, there's, there's so much commercialism in music now. I think people have forgotten that it's it's everybody's music, you know? Is there a way that artists can encourage other artists to kind of break out of that shell and to speak their truths a little bit more often? Um, I think uh, I think the way to do it is just for every artist to you know really write what's true for themselves. Right. You know, there's just so much cookie cutter out there. You're like, I don't know. Oh, and that, yeah, no, I'm not is there is there like a song that really has come from your catalog that really speaks the truth for you? From our catalog. Yeah. Um, I don't know there's there's so many of them. Um I think the song Firewater Catch and I wrote you know, really speaks personally to me about uh, you know, getting sober and recovery and spirituality and things like that. But there's so many songs that do speak to me um on like surface levels like you know just kind of fiddle tunes and then deeper stuff right but i think that even those type of songs like firewater like you were just mentioning even if it's subtle even if it's not something that has to be hit over the listener's head i think that it can still penetrate some listener who is going through that and kind of help them push through. And I think that's why some of these earlier artists who were mentioning, like, I mean, all the way back to Guns N' Roses, they inspire younger generations. I think that's where it starts. Yeah, I think so. I mean, if just like Bob Dylan's times are changing is yes. universal. Right. I mean, that you could play it now and it would still make sense. And uh, I think that's the power of music, and I think that's the power of folk music, you know, and I think... I think people forget that folk music is just our music, music of the people, and it doesn't necessarily have to be acoustic instruments and fiddles and banjos and stuff, you know. I mean, I don't know. Right, it's more, I mean, that's that's an aspect of it, but it has to have a soul and it has to have a heart. That's what puts it over the top, and that's why songs like that just continue to live on decade after decade. Because it's not just the arrangements; it's the heart behind it. Exactly. Like uh, I don't know, like Bohemian Rhapsody is probably. I would That's another great folk one. song. Yeah. It's just like if the people embrace it, it's folk music. And I can't argue that at all. Critter, you are the man. I had a great conversation with you. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Great. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, Critter, for sharing your favorite songs, books, movies, and it was a great conversation. 
I'm John Hammontree. You can find me on Twitter at, at John Hammontree and on Instagram at, at Birmingham Tree. I'm Carla Jean Whitley. You can find me on social media at Inkstained Life. And you can find Edward Bowser at E.T. Bowser on Twitter. And if you like talking music as much as we do, stop by soulandstereo.com for a whole lot more of that. And make sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and anywhere else you can find podcasts online. We'll talk to you all soon. I'm